Good morning, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Welcome to another edition of this virtual hedge fund experience we call Armor Investing. You can access Armor Investing information three ways. We have the Armor Report. You get that every day before the market opens and you can execute on your own. You can be an Armor Insider and join us on the desk all day, Armor Investing, where we do it with you. So you can do it by yourself. You can do it with us. And of course, we have our um, capital management arm. So if somebody finds they can't sit on the desk all day or they have a hard time executing the Armor information, we can work with you uh, and do it for you. So those are the three options. Now, we're going to dive into um, our macro picture. We're going to look at the markets, see where we are in the cycle, talk about a couple of um, stocks that are at the top of our whiteboard really three, I think I'm going to share with you. I don't have many changes to make. We're already, um, uh, you know, kind of maximum invested right now. And we're just riding the wave. I call this uh, morning meeting steady as she goes, you know, just ride the mechanical bull. And I'll get into that in a minute. Um, so we'll go over those things. I'll share with you top stocks to buy, top stocks to watch. Um, remember, when you join me on this desk with this call, you become a portfolio manager. You're a professional portfolio manager. You got to get your head. That's where you got to set up your head. Okay. Figure out your strategy, execute it, know your risk, know your goals, be the smart money. Okay. Now, um, why do I call it a mechanical bull market? All right. The big picture right now is um, we're looking at the macro picture of the market. You're going to hear the bears chirping about the geopolitical unrest and how it's dangerous for markets. You're going to hear the bulls on CNBC talking about how many rate cuts they're going to be next year. And I submit to you that all of that is noise. Shut it off. All it's going to do is ruin your ability to make money. Ruin your ability to protect capital. That's all it's going to do. The only thing you have to worry about when it comes to the stock market, it's really very simple. It's liquidity. The creation of liquidity or the removal of liquidity. That's it. Everything else is noise. Everything else will confuse you. I sat across the table last weekend with a family from Israel was here in the States with the best friend of mine who's in the States and his parents were here sitting across, actually it's her parents. Um, and at the end of the table, this gentleman was very quiet all night. You know, we were chatting, the kids were running around, whatever. And he asked me, he said, can I please explain why when he knows that the Israeli economy is imploding. He lives in Israel. Everybody's doing, you know, doing different things to protect the country. The economy is imploding. How is it possible that the stock market or the bond market is not collapsing? In fact, it was going up. That's what he said to me. He said, it's going up. I haven't looked at the Israeli market. But he's like, it's going up. I don't understand. It should be collapsing. And I said to him, and I said, I can explain it to you in one sentence, I can explain it, make it very easy to understand why that market would go up. 
at a time of massive geopolitical unrest, at a time where the country's at war, you would expect it to collapse. How could it not be collapsing? That's just very simple because central banks add liquidity to support markets in times of strife. That's an easy example of when I say to you, the only thing you have to worry about is liquidity. He had a hard time understanding what I was saying. And so I said to him very simply, think of March, 2020. The economy was shut down by governments all around the world. Okay. The economy was shut down by governments all around the world. Markets should have collapsed. Markets skyrocketed. One reason, Fed came out and bought everything in sight. It's just that simple. Now, sometimes it's simple. The Fed comes out and says, we're buying everything in sight. That was March, 2020. So it was a lot of fear. The market exploded higher. So I call it a mechanical bull market. And I say to you, stop trying to guess how many rate cuts that'll be next year. I don't care. Stop trying to worry how bad's it going to get in the Middle East. When it comes to investing, I don't care. I care because it breaks my heart. But we're talking about investing right now. All we care about is money flow. So now you're going to say, well, how the hell are we supposed to know? You're right. That's the hard part. And it's a little bit unfair. If we had millions of dollars to pay consultants who work for or worked for central banks, we could get that information early, like the big hedge funds do. How's it possible? Bridgewater, Citadel, are they just the smartest guys always? <laughs> Obviously not. They spend millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars on information sources. The individual investor, that's you, you don't have that kind of money to spend on inside information, right? So. You've got big institutions who pay consultants to get information early. You've got JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, those guys who are executing the money flow. So they see it coming and they front run it. God, you're saying to yourself, Brett, man, that's just a cynical opinion of the market. Front running, inside information. Aren't those things illegal? Oh, yeah, they're illegal for you and me. Hey, man. Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? Institutions execute that way because they're allowed to. So we have to level the playing field. And what we do here on this virtual hedge fund desk is that we use the risk monitor. Armor insiders have information also. And it's the risk monitor. It turns green. On November 2nd, I don't know why, I don't see money flow, but there's one simple premise to understand the risk monitor. It was created for this singular purpose. How do I level the playing field against institutions that I know get information ahead of me? And the simple, dare I say profound, sorry if it's not humble, way of doing it 
is to look for confluence across asset classes because the only animal that can lift every asset class at the same time are the elephants in the room, which are central banks and their cronies. So when we see bonds, government, corporate, junk, investment grade, when we see equities, big cap, small cap, value, momentum, all giving us the same signal, that can only be in institutional flows of money. That's all it can be. So we put capital to work, even though it's hard to do, even though we don't understand it, like as individual investors, everybody investors, we all want to understand why. You find out later $450 billion was injected into the financial system in November. We find that out later. But we've already captured the upside because we're there early. So now where are we in the cycle? Okay. I'm not going to prognosticate on how many rate cuts there'll be next year or if there will be or if there won't be. Right? And the market will be volatile and there'll be sell-offs. So when I come to you and I say to you, Ride the mechanical bull, steady as she goes. The markets are going higher. Obviously, if I get stopped out, I'll tell you, I'll say, hey, something just happened. All the positions got stopped out. It happens. It's, it's the exact opposite of risk monitor green. Money flow shuts off. And for a little while, money flow will shut off and the market will keep going up like Wiley Coyote right off the cliff. And then it'll go like that. And we'll get stopped out of things. And that's just the way it goes. And that's the time to take a vacation, by the way. We get stopped out of things. We book lots of gains. Whew, take a deep breath and go take a vacation for a week. Before the whole next, because there'll be a whole bunch of this before the next direction occurs. You know what I'm saying? So there will be short-term setbacks along the way. We are anywhere between 80 and 100% invested on our desk, okay? For portfolios that I have 20% cash, I will not put that cash to work unless the market comes down or consolidates and I get a follow-on buy signal using the risk monitor. When that happens, I'll consider putting that extra money to work. I may. And here's the reason, here's the reason why I would. The first leg off the bottom, if you think about wave theory now, we experienced the first wave off the bottom from November to now, or however long this rally lasts, this part of the rally lasts. Then there'll be a correction of some, of some kind. It could be a lot of this for a couple of weeks. That's the best type of correction, where it's just a high tight pennant and the market averages come up to it and the algos reset and then we break out again. That's, that, that would be the greatest thing ever because that's the easiest. But more than likely, you're going to get some heavy selling for reasons we, we can't see right now that drive the market down to the uptrend, scare a lot of people, but the trend holds, reverses, starts going higher again. And that's when we put the money back to work. Why would I do that? Not back to work, but I put more money to work at that point. Why? Because if you follow wave theory, which I kind of do loosely, I, 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 underst I understand the premise I'm not an Elliott wave theorist, but I understand the premise. The first move off the bottom catches a lot of people off guard and only the smart people make money on that. Then it consolidates, which is wave number two and shakes out. 
And then when wave three up starts, everybody gets involved because they can't stand the fact that they missed it to begin with. So they come piling in and that move lasts a lot longer. That's wave three. So if I am, if I want to put more money to work, it's not now. When you see me make changes in the portfolio, that's just because I've sold something here to buy something there, not because I'm putting more cash to work. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you now about stocks that are top of my whiteboard. There's three. And if they find their way into the portfolio, I'm going to have to sell something else. I'm going to have to book profits on a couple other names to move money over there or whatever. And if I can't find room in the portfolio, then that portfolio is not going to own these names. Okay. Um, I'm going to round out my thought with you on the market this way. I, I think the market has a lot further to go. And one thing I want, I want to share with you a couple of charts. First of all, I think if you look at, and this is the highlighted stock of the day. This is the highlighted stock of the day. If you look at the Magnificent Seven, I mean, there's a lot of people chirping about how, you know, the waiting is too big, blah, blah, blah. It's going to get bigger and they're going to keep complaining about it. It doesn't mean anything. It's going to get bigger because money is going to flow into the top seven names into the end of the year as institutions mark up their portfolio. That's not rocket science. It's just what they do every year. Take a look at the chart of Tesla. Tesla is actually behind the other magnificent seven names. I mean, take a look at Tesla, then take a look at, let's say, Microsoft. Microsoft's at new highs already. Apple's at new highs already. Tesla's way behind, right? Way behind. It's trying to break the downtrend it's been in since November 2021. That's a couple of years. It just peaked out of that downtrend last week. If that starts to follow through, what do you think happens to the NASDAQ 100, the ARK Innovation Fund? You know, then you put that together with like Meta, which is about to break out again. Okay, Meta's behind. It's not at a new high yet. It's coming. How about Amazon? Yeah, Amazon's just coming out. Okay, but I highlight Tesla today. If it breaks out, um, the market's about to accelerate higher. I don't know if it's going to break out, but that's the beginning. It's trying to right there. Then I'll follow this conversation up with, if you think that I am too... Um, um, focused on big cap tech, well, then here's the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So if you're saying to me, ah, what the hell does this guy know? He's just focused on the big cap tech names and the rest of the markets, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the blah, blah, blah. Dow Jones Industrial, breaking out of an unbelievable uh, um, um, kind of cup formation. Going back to 2021, couple of years, and it's now breaking out. And the Dow transports are about to confirm it. So if you're a Dow theorist, what does this look like to you? It's a big, you could actually say this is an inverse uh, head and shoulders. There's a shoulder, a head, a shoulder, the neckline of transports about to break out. The Dow is just a nice cup and it broke out last week. Okay. So if you, you know, I don't know if you do. I mean, maybe you're on my, you know, maybe you guys are all with me and you understand where I'm coming from. But 
There's the Dow Industrials. There's Transports. Here's Tesla. And of course, in the news today, um, uh, U.S. Steel is being bought by uh, Nippon. And here's SLX, which is the steel stocks. Let's look at the weekly chart of the steel stocks. I mean, God, they're just breaking out, guys. They're just coming across the tops. Okay, so steady as she goes. Leadership looks like it's going to reaccelerate. No new money gets put to work until a consolidation or or a sell-off that creates the next buy signal. So we're just managing success. Here are the three top names on my list that I might be trading or buying today. Okay, I'm going to look at Tesla leaps. I already own Meta leaps. I might tuck some Tesla leaps into my portfolio. I don't know, the 350s that go out 12 months or more? Maybe. I don't know. Just a thought, okay? I tested the waters with Palantir on Friday, and I didn't like the close, so I don't have it in the portfolio right now, but I'm watching Palantir closely. If it breaks that downtrend, I want to own it. And I got to be honest with you. I sold ARC and booked a profit and rolled it into my favorite innovative names. But if Tesla breaks out, I, I may put this position back on. And I would do that. So in an aggressive portfolio, I'm going to probably own some Tesla Leaps and Palantir. In a conservative portfolio, I'm not buying options and probably not going to add Palantir, but I would put back uh, ARC in the portfolio. So what, what I did was on that big up day with the Fed, I booked a 25% profit on ARC and I bought some of my favorite names. Okay. But I still got some cash in those conservative portfolios that I haven't put to work. And do I want to go with ARC? Do I want to go with Palantir or a couple other names? I might go back into ARC. It's not trading far away from where I actually sold it. So we bought it right down here. It ripped higher and I booked a profit on the rally. And I, and I might put that back on. One of my reasons for selling it is I thought I had too much exposure to Tesla. But if Tesla is going to actually break out of this downtrend, then I don't have enough Tesla in the portfolio because it's got a lot of catching up to do. And I'm going to leave you with this last thought before we get the trading day started. This is a big picture, long-term thought now. This is just something I read today that I thought was really interesting. And, it, and, and this is big picture years from now. This is not affecting my trading decisions or investing decisions right now. I've always said I have no interest in owning an EV until I can drive down 95. I live in Florida and, you know, 95 is the corridor all the way to New York, you know, I'm past it, right? If I could drive down 95 and at every single exit, get off and fill up my EV within five minutes, then I'll buy an EV. But until then, combustion engines work for me. I'm not going on a road trip where I have to go figure out where the where where I can plug in something and is the plug in open and how long do I have to wait? No, forget that. Forget that. It's a novelty until you get to the point where I can go and fill up like this on a long road trip. That's my opinion. Feel free to argue with it. I don't care. It's my opinion. I'm not buying an EV until I can do that. Okay. I read today over the weekend. I read it in Florida. They're building a road. It's one of the most trafficked roads in Florida, connecting two key um, counties. 
they're, they just funded it, passed a bill and funded it. They're building a road that will charge EVs as they're driving. Think of uh, when you put your cell phone on a pad and it charges. The entire road will have coils underneath it that will be charging the EV as it's driving. That's crazy. If that works, that's crazy. That's just a long-term picture of EVs. I just thought that was really interesting. And and um, if the government does that, it makes you think of many different things. You, you know what I'm saying? Like if the government starts doing something like that in some way, putting the ability to charge as you drive on all of our highways, you know, how does that affect charging stations? I don't know. These are big picture thoughts. I just thought it was an interesting story as I'm looking at Tesla right now, because obviously that's just, that actually works. And, and it start you start to see that all over the place. That's just unbelievable. Anyway, um, that was just a fun note for you guys at the end of this conversation. Steady as she goes, wait for the next risk monitor follow on setup before we put a lot of cash to work, manage your success, be the smart money. I'll see you on the live desk at nine 30 for all of you who want to trade with us. So there's three ways to use the armor investing um, website. You can have the armor report. You're going to get this video and you're going to execute on your own. You could join us on the desk through armor investing, become an armor insider, access the Slack room, be on the live feed all day. And if you can't do all that, you're doing your own job. You can't execute on your own um, and you want us to do it for you. That's an option as well. You can always reach out to me through DM or give me a call and we'll see if that relationship makes sense. All right. Everybody have a great trading session and I'll see you on the desk shortly.